Gavaldik. So let's get going over here. Today's daf is daf Kufay, page one hundred five in Mesechus Yavam. Uh, we have a lot of ground to cover. A lot of ground to cover. Uh, the Heliga Heliga daf today, as always. Let us get moving over here. So we ended off yesterday's daf by going through the various steps that are necessary. We don't know the exact details of each step yet. The Gemara will get there, Bez Hashem. But we know there's the removal of the shoe, that's one step. There's the spitting, that's another step. There is the, um, there's the removing of the shoe, the spitting, and the recital of the psukim. All right, three steps. Now, what we're going through is which ones are ma'akev and which ones are not ma'akev. Okay, now, the opinion that we ended off with, and let's actually go back to the bottom of Kuf Dalit of Abayz 104b to the very last uh, couple lines, two lines to the bottom. We said that Rabbi Akiva holds that if she didn't that if she didn't spit next to the man, it does not uh, passel her up from the brothers. Hey, let's get into this. Let's go back two lines from the bottom. Omir Omar Rabbi Akiva does Rabbi Akiva really hold Rakika Lei Pasla that when she um, that spitting does not passel her up. From marrying, doing Yibam on the other brothers. Is that really true? Let's say she removed the shoe, but she didn't spit. She didn't read the psukim. It's still going to be valid. You hit us. She didn't spit. Let's say she spat. She didn't do chalit. didn't remove the shoe. She didn't see the psukim. It's possible. Nothing started over here. All right? There's... there's um, in other words, nothing, nothing even happened. It's fascinating. She didn't say the. She all she did was say the psukim. Everybody's going to be in agreement. That's nothing. You didn't take off the shoe. You didn't spit. There was no action. Uh, she's certainly not going to be an issue from marrying the other brothers. Now, money. Who's the tana of this brisa? She took off the shoe. Listen, ready? Again, the three steps. What she do? Chalza. She took off the shoe. She did not spit. She did not say the psukim. The chalitza is kosher. That's what we said. That, that's what the Bryce said. Ask the Gemara one second. Rabbi Eliezer cannot agree with this because he says, when the Pesach says, this is exactly what needs to be done. It means only things that are active are essential, are crucial for the mitzvah uh, to be done. Spitting is an action? Yeah. Removing your shoes in action? Yeah. Reading psukim's in action? No. We don't say that reading psukim's in action. A person speaks lush and hara. Do you get malchus? Do you get lashes like you transgressed with an action? No. It's Dibor. El Abshita Rabbi Akiva. So rather the Brisa must be Rabbi Akiva who holds again that Rakika is not ma'akiv. It's not crucial. It's not essential. So now let's get into this. The Katani. The word Rakika that you said? Rakika. To spit. Oh. To spit. Vikatani and we Elopshita Rabbi Kiva. Rather, it must be Rabbi Kiva. Vikatani and we learned Rakika. Let's say she spit. Vilai chalta. She didn't take off the show. Vilai kara. She didn't say the psukim chalitza sapsula. It's possible, man. Whose opinion is that following? Ilay malayalma. If you're going to say who's she possible to, who's she possible to over here? Now here's the options. Ready for this? Let's talk for a moment. When a woman does chalitza to a man. There's really two things that are happening usually simultaneously, which is by chalitza being done on one yavam, she can no longer marry the other yavamim, 
And she can now marry every other man who she wasn't allowed to marry until now because she had a zika, she had a bond to, to these. Okay, so now let's pause and think for a moment. Is there ever going to be a possibility where a woman's going to do, we'll call it a flawed chalitza, which is going to make it, she still can't marry everybody else, but she, she can't marry anybody else, but it doesn't necessarily impact her ability to marry the brothers. Maybe there's like a, a middle ground over here. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like maybe each one of these three things accomplishes something else. So let's say you have one step accomplishing the permissiveness to other, other people, but the other step which, which caused her to be forbidden on the brothers was, was lacking. Is that a possibility or not? So that's what we're struggling through. So Gemara says, Laman, who is this, uh, who's this following when we say it's puzzled? Puzzled to who? If you mean that she's puzzled to everybody else, meaning if she didn't spit, nothing happened. Are you ever going to have a chalitza of again, where do you, you um, didn't remove the shoe? You didn't remove the shoe, you can tell me smutter everybody else. Everybody's going to agree, chalitza, what's the name? Removing the shoe. There's other things I need, but if you didn't remove the shoe, if all that happened, then we're going to touch on this soon. We're going to have some fascinating stories. Right, if, all that, if all that happened was like spitting without a removal of the shoe. You know, did that occur with somebody, she spat at him. She doesn't like him. Spat. Yeah? Gave a, a good spit. Does that, did, did that do anything on its own? Of course not. Without a removal of the shoe, right now we're saying, there's no way where anybody holds something valid happened. Rather, what does it mean, puzzle? It must mean to the brothers. Shmamina, you learn from here that Rabbi Akiva Taka will be of the opinion that if you did not spit, I'm sorry, yeah, he'll be of the opinion that if you did not spit, it could still be a valid chalitza, which is a question on the original understanding of Rabbi Akiva. Answer the Gemara of Rabbi Akiva, Maishna Rikiko, Maishna Kriya. What's the difference between Rikika, between spitting and saying the Psukim? Assuming we're correct over here, yeah? Let's, let, let's take this, uh, let's assume that we're correct. That spitting is not Ma'akiv. And Kriya is not Ma'akiv. So Gemara is now going to ask if spitting is not Ma'akiv, Kriya is Ma'akiv, is there a difference in their tactics and how they, and what they actually accomplish? Sigmar says, yeah, Kriya di Isa ben Betchila ben Bisayf. The Psukim, which we'll get into that step, but th- that was done as we were starting the Chalitza and as we were completing the Chalitza. Rekika de Betchila lesa, but spitting is not done in the beginning. Ulu Bisayf Isa, but it is done at the end, and therefore, Michlafa uh, lay. That's going to be um, uh, actually mixed up with a proper chalitza. Why? So here's the svarna. Ready for this? Here's the logic that we're saying. Psukim are said, we'll call it throughout the chalitza. It's not really throughout, but it's as the process is starting and as the process is ending. Okay. Now, spitting is not done in the beginning. It's only done at the end. So people are going to think if she spat, that the shoe was already removed because the last thing that was done is spitting. They're gonna, and therefore they're going to think that it was a valid chalitza. Since we don't want people to make that assumption just by seeing spit, that there's a valid chalitza. So we say, listen, the, we're not going to allow her to marry any of the brothers to show that, you know, to, to, in order to remove this mistake. We don't, we don't want people to, uh, to you know, to... <laughs> you know when we came across this concept... 
We came across the idea uh, when it came to getting an aliyah in shul. It's such a beautiful concept when, you know, you make a bracha before, you make a bracha after. We spoke about also how many psukim you read for each aliyah on Rosh Chaydesh. You got it. So you want to say, why don't you just divide the psukim? So we said, for the people who come early, people come late, they'll think you could have an aliyah. You could read two psukim into the parsha and they wouldn't know. And the message that we pointed out from there is that you see, you need to be careful. Even for people who come late to shul, and even people who leave shul, that they shouldn't make a mistake in uh, they shouldn't make a mistake in halach. Okay, vika Amri. and there are those who explain this uh, conversation a little different, and it goes like this: Yavama sherekaka when a yavama spits tachloits, then we have to make sure. That it's completed. You hear this in other words? Because again, why'd she spit? Once she spits, people are going to watch and assume it's done. So you know what we're going to say once we see spit? Perfect. That's it. You got to finish it. We're not going to let this just sit here because people can make a mistake. And she's not going to have to spit again once you remove the shoe. Even though you're supposed to spit at the Listen to this story. We have a few different fascinating maizuluch. On today's daf, there was a story that came in front of Ravami. Hamay Yosef Ravami Bar Mamu Kamei Ravami Mamu sitting in front of Ravami Raka Mikami Vechalat. It was Yavama who who um, spat towards the Yavam before she took off his shoe. Amade Ravami Chalitzla Vishari Tigra. Do Chalitza Vishari Tigra, and that will wrap things up over here. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Wrap it up. Just you don't need to spit again. Okay. Amale Ravaba. Rabba says, Vabina Merak, you gotta spit. She says, No, no, you don't. She did it. Harakagala. She spit before she took off the shoe. So she he says, Vitera Kumabakak, have her spit again. What's the problem? Huh? Not nice meters to spit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my kid's sitting on the swing and he tells me he wants a push. I say, be careful what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> There's two other meanings of the of, of that word that aren't uh, that aren't nice to a, a kid. No, isn't that like to push drugs? And also to push somebody's thumb. You knock them down. You know, he says, Tati, I want you to push me. I'm like, oh, you want me to push you. That's not so nice, right? Okay, in, con- in context. So he says, let her spit again. No, umabakach. And what's the big deal? He says, no, nothing mean Don't say that nothing, that, that spitting doesn't matter. It certainly may matter. I'll tell you why. If you want her to spit again. Amri Riki Kamaisa Lesla Bishasha. People are going to say the earlier spitting has no effectiveness. And in other times, where if she spits the shame, uh, well, I shouldn't, I'm adding that in. If she spits, yeah, people are going to say, oh, look, you know, that, that's what's going to matter her. She, she's still mutter to the brothers. That's what people are going to say. Says the Gemara, yeah, so maybe they're taka right. It's got to be in proper order. So maybe taka, maybe actually. Maybe, maybe actually, if let's say she spits and then removes the shoe, it's not valid. And she still muttered to the brothers. Maybe. I don't understand what we're concerned about a prescription procedure. But if again, at least nowadays, you receive a, a little star from, let's say, the rabbi, who said, it, you know, you're divorced, you're divorced. So, I mean, in that. But and you're right. Steve's asking, but what about what about in a time where it's you know the testimony is based more on documentation than seeing? Well, guess what? In order to sign the shtar, there there are witnesses that need to be done. Yeah. We said witnesses are even more important than having a bezdem by chalitza. Mm-hmm. So when people are observing what's happening over here, and sometimes you don't have access to a bezdem, still going to be a valid chalitza if you have a a man and woman that do chalitza in a prison in Timbuktu 
or they're off, uh, you know, in Antarctica, and you can't find, you know, there's, there's nobody else around. So you, this is how you do a valid chalitza. So the Gemara says, no, what's the problem? So he said, no, it is a problem, because then people are going to say, like, you know, nothing happened at all. And that's not true, really. Uh, spitting before the shoe, even though you're not supposed to do it in that order, it's really valid. Says the Gemara, who says it's valid? Well, being on concision, it's got to be in order. Says the Gemara, no, because in order doesn't, uh, that's, that's not crucial, it's not essential. Says the Gemara, who suffered the chuyi kamatchile? Survivor thought that Ravami was just trying to finish him off from his questions. Nofak dok be'eshkach. He checked duck and he was careful. He analyzed. He went deep. The Eshkach and Itaka found. Titania that we learned in Abraisa. He found that this halacha we're stating is correct. We learned in Abraisa. Whether the chalitza was done before the spitting, it's valid. Okay? In other words, this is something that we find very often. There's a proper way to do things. But if you don't do it properly, sometimes the improper way ended up working. It was valid. It's just not the way it's meant to be done. So too it is. What, that's what we're establishing right now. Taka, here's the, actually, Taka, actually, here, here's, uh, here's the, the approach. They would read Psukim, they would, rem, they would remove the shoe, and they would spit. If she ended up spitting before removing the shoe, it was okay. It was okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Levi nofak lekriyasa. Levi went out to the kiyeyeria. Okay. He went. He got a job. He got a job in Rabbonus in some out of town place. Levi got a job as a rabbi in a bomine. So ask the shaila from him. Gimeres mahushatachlaids. What is the alacha? Fascinating a woman who doesn't have an arm. Can she do chalitza? You know, previously we discussed if he doesn't have a leg, could you know, could, is it called chalitza when she takes something off of his uh, footless leg? Over here we want to know if she has no hands, can chalitza be done? Because she has to be the one to pull it off. Fascinating Shiloh. This guy, uh, Levy's walking into a, a fascinating town where they're coming up with these, these uh, interesting Shilas. I've shared, but it's worthwhile repeating. It's always good to have a good joke towards the beginning of year. So this, this rabbi passes away and he has a young son who, who's uh, 15 years old or so and nobody in town knows anything more than him. He's the rabbi's son. They're like, no, we'll point him the rabbi. You know, he's, he knows more than everybody else. Why not? So they, they sit him in the office. They give him a big leather chair and they plop a big hat on his head. It comes down to his ears. And he's sitting there waiting for his first shot. Okay? A few minutes later, a man comes hustling through the door and he says... Rabbi, I got a problem. My wife's been in labor for, for three weeks. Three weeks she's been in labor. This baby's not coming out. So the kid, look, he says, I, I, I need the rabbi to tell me what to do. So the boy says, Zog Yizkar. Just say Yizkar. It's okay. Sounds mashuga, but the rabbi says, I'm going to listen. So he goes back to his wife's bedside. He starts saying Yizkar, and that baby, baby's born in an instant. That baby's out. The kid's about Mephis. He's, he's a miracle worker. So they go running back to the new rabbi, and they're all dancing into his office. You know, wow, mamish, look at this rabbi we got. And they ask him, how'd you know? How'd you know? Like, who who would have thought? You know, the way to help the, the, this woman in town is to say, yes, girl. He says, really, I don't know much. I don't know much. I just know that whenever I go to shul, when it comes time for yes, girl, they say, all children, please exit. <laughs> okay. Fine. 
There you go. So Levi goes to an added. He didn't get a shaila like Levi. Levi gets a shaila, um, you know, as soon as he becomes rabbi. What's the luck of a woman without any arms? All right. There's a valid chalitzi. What about a Yavama? She spits, but it's not saliva. What if she spits out blood instead? Okay. And there's a pasuk which states a pasuk in Daniel when. Daniel was being told everything that's going to be happening over here. Rashi explains, he says, the Malach tells him, I will tell you that which is stamped in the book of truth. What do you mean a book of truth in front of God? Is there a book in front of God that's not true? That was the other Shiloh they asked Levi. Yeah? Three good Shilohs. And Levi gave a good answer. You know what he said? I don't know. That's also an answer. It wasn't his answer, no. Also, Shaul be Midrasha. So Levi, you know, he's out of town. So now he's got to go back to the mirror. He's got to go back to Lakewood. He's got to go ask his uh, old buddies. And he went back to the base Madrid. He says, Hevra, I need some help answering these Shilohs that they're asking me. Amrulay. So he heard in the yeshiva what they say to him. Miksiv, Vecholza, Biyad. Say she got to do it with her hand. No, it says Vecholza. You know, so that's okay. It's okay. You don't need to use your hands. Umixiv v'yarka reik. Does it say that she should spit, spit? Just as she should spit. It's not a question. It depends how Hashem makes a gzardin. Sometimes there's a decree that comes with an oath that cannot be changed. And that's MS. And then there's sometimes Hashem makes a decree. It doesn't come with an oath. And that's not written in the book of truth because that's still possible to be changed. You can't change truth. So if it's not the book of Emma, it means something that could be changed. What does that mean? Listen to this, incredible. How do you know if there's a decree from Hashem without an oath? That, um, that, that with an oath, I'm sorry. How do you know if there's a decree from Hashem with an oath? It's not possible to be torn up. Therefore, this is referring to Eli's family, which we're now going to get into. A fascinating limud. Family of Eli. I swore in Levi's family that there will never be a kapara by a carbon, by a carbon of an animal, by a carbon mincha. Um, and um, because Eli refused to take uh, specific carbonates, like, there was a curse that came to him that was impossible to ever be changed. Okay? Now, Omar Rava, we're going to explain what this is. What's this curse that happened on Eli's house? Omar Rabba? Rabba says, now remember these, it's important over here to, to follow the names. Are we, have we ever heard of Rabba before? Certainly. Yeah? Rabba's all over. Rabba's all over Tyre. Yeah? So listen closely. Amar Rabba. Bezevach u'bemincha ina mischaper. Eli's family cannot be atoned with karbonas. Avo mischaper hubedivrei Tyre. But you could get a kapara through words of Tyre. That's a Rabba. Rabba says if you're from the family of Eli for later generations, you could get a kapara from whatever the curse is with an oath if you learn Tyre. Abaye, Omar Abaye says, Abaye, remember this name, You're right, Karbanas are not going to be accepted, but if there's a decree against a person, 
they could get a kapara through gemilus chasodim, through acts of kindness. So, Rabbah says, learning Torah. Abaye says, through acts of kindness. Now listen closely to what the Gemara explains for us. This is wild. Rabbah ve'abaye, midibase eili ka'asu. Rabbah and Abaye, they were descendants, maybe. They were descendants of the house of Eli. They were grandchildren. They were part of this curse. Now, the part of the curse of Eli's house was that all men are going to die by age 40. That was part of the curse. Okay? Fine. Rabbah the Osak Betaira. Rabbah, that's why I'm saying notice. It's the first time we're saying Rabbah. Rabbah's everywhere. You know how old he was when he died? Chaya Arban Shnin. He lived till age 40. Everything that we know from Rabbah, he passed away at age 40. Mm-hmm. Who else passed away? Is it, uh, the, the, the Ramchal. Oh, right. Ramchal, right, yeah. Even uh, re- recent, yeah. Reb Nachman, yeah, was uh, also, I think, yeah. short of age 40. Yeah, very Kaplan. It's incredible. Incre- uh, also, incredible. Right, but Rabbah, there's so much Torah everywhere. Yeah, for us, age 40 is like, you know, you know we're starting out, we're starting to figure, uh, you know, what, halfway what to do with ourselves, maybe. You know what I mean? But they, 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 it's incredible. Um, so he lived till age 40. He was Isaac Batayra. Abide the Osak Batayra. He was Zaycha to live till 60. An extra 20 years. Okay. Tanya Rabban of the Rabbis learned so shall we. Mishpacha Achas Hayabru Shalayim, those are family in Shalayim Shalayim, Mesim Kibben Shmon Yasi Shonah. They would die at 18. They died at 18. This family in Rushalayim, there's a family in Rushalayim. Okay. Shayu Mesim, I'm fine. Bovidio Shabiachim Azakai. They came to Rabiachim Azakai. They said, Rabiachim Azakai, we can't figure out what's happening. We're all dying at age 18. Maybe you're from Eli. Because the curse really to Eli was, you'll die young. Anybody who's expanded from your home will, uh, will die as strong men. Anoshim is like strong men, meaning at a young age. If you want to break the curse, go to Kailu. Go sit and learn to Kailu. Go involve yourselves in Torah. Doesn't say learn, it actually does not say, interestingly, I, I, sh- I have to correct myself. He doesn't say go learn Torah. He says go involve yourself in Torah. Huh? You could involve yourself in Torah without, without sitting and learning. You could maybe su- supporting the Torah of others, but you dedicate yourself to make sure that Torah is perpetuated. Well, does it seem to work for, for uh, Rabbah? Isaac. Isaac Batera. Yeah. yeah, it said Asik Batera. Rabbah the Asik Batera. Same word. Okay, okay, but that was longer than everybody else. Still, uh, it's, I guess still helped. They changed their last name to Yechanan. The family changed last name to Yechanan in honor of Rabbi Yechanan's advice that, that they should involve themselves in learning Torah, or at least involve themselves in Torah in some way, shape, or form. Incredible. Okay. How do you know that whenever you have a Zardin against a Tzibor, it's never stamped, it's never sealed, 
there's always a chance for it to be changed. He says, Really? Is that true? If you, if you are mechabesit, you do laundry with it. Uh, it's, a, um, it's like a type of detergent. Vitarbilach boris. Borax, no. Boris, and you use a, a, a soap. Vitarbilach boris. Nechtam avaynech lefonai. Still, it's, your, your oven is going to be uh, stamped and sealed in front of me. Which means, which means, there's always going to be some sort of remnant. So we know that it, it is sealed, even if there's a decree against the community. But says the Gemara, how do I know, even if, it, if it's against the community, even if it's sealed, it could be changed. If it's against an individual and it's sealed, it's sealed. There's not, no messing with that. But sometimes you can have a decree against a community where it's sealed, and guess what happens? It could still be opened up. Who's like Hashem? Whenever we call out to Him, which means whenever Klal Yisrael it it cancels out the decree. Says the Gemara. One second. You only call out to Hashem when Hashem when He's found. Okay, which means you could overturn a decree when. Maybe Roshanim Kippur time, you, you may Ratzin, but whenever you want, you could overturn the decree for a Kehillah, for a community. It says, you like Kasha, Kambi Yachid, Kambi Tzibor. If it's an individual, then a sealed decree can only be changed when Hashem is found. If it's a community, it can be changed at any time. It says, Gemara, when is that? Yachid Emas. So if, there's a, if a person has a, has a sealed decree against them, Hashem decreed there's going to be an illness, going to be a chas v'sholem, a worse. Well, when can we change? And it's sealed. When can we even change that? During the Aserah Yom Tshuva, from Roshona until Yom Kippur, and all the days in between, those are the days when even if an individual has a sealed decree, Against them, it could be torn up. Three lines from the bottom of Kofi Amadav. They sent to the father of Shmuel, a Yavama that spits blood, you're never going to have blood come out of the mouth that doesn't have some part of saliva, some spit that comes out with them, and therefore we're going to make her finish the process. Says the Gemara lots of challenging question, and now we're going to touch on a halacha of a zav. A zav is, as we've explained previously, it's a man, a male, that has certain liquids emerge from his body, not through force. Okay, that's carry. That's when a person, uh, kind of through stimulation, causes uh, seminal emission. That would be a valkari. Over here, a zav is a man who ha- who's it's called the mayonis. The well, his wellsprings open up and various flows come out of his body, it leads to, it leads to impurity. Now, once a person is in a zav, things that come from wellsprings, now you, to become a zav, it's a seminal emission. But once a person attains the status of being impure, then really most of the liquids that come from his body will give off impurity including spit. So if the spit of a zav touches somebody, that person will become impure. Now, so let's get into this. Mesve, that's a challenging question. I would think that any blood, which is not, we know spit gives off toma, so I would think blood that comes from his mouth or comes out of the male organ also 
that liquid is tamei. Tamar leimar zayvai tamei. Just his flow makes things that are tamei. The ein dama yezmei pivum biyama tamei ela tar, which means that only the seminal emission that comes out is tamei, but blood um, is not going to be tamei. Now here's the inferred question: spit is considered from the springs that give off impurity. So if you're telling me that there's no such thing as blood coming out of her mouth without spit, so it's a valid chalitza, why don't we say that blood of a zav causes impurity when it's from his mouth? It should cause impurity because we're guaranteed to have spit in there. Says Gemara, like kasha, kan b'maitzetzes, kan b'shoisas. One's talking about when you... Um, Put pressure, you put pressure before spitting it out, so you kind of like bring your teeth and your mouth together, you're gathering the blood, so that means there's going to be spit in there. The other one is when there's blood in the mouth and it's just, it's just like flowing out on its own. So then it's possible to have a drop of blood that no spit uh, got into. Okay, so that's going to be a, a clear answer. Gewaldik. All right, here we go. Back to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, Cheresh Shenechlatz. If you have a Cheresh, a deaf mute, that did Chalitza, what did we say? It's possible. It's possible. Most of the is Chalitza to a Cheresh. Top of Kufhei Amad Beis. Amar Vidam Ravidu says the name of Rav. Zudabay Rameir, Zabinab Rabbi Meir. They say, hold the Chalitza of a Katan is nothing at all. And, um, and therefore nothing happened. Now, on the surface, seems like there's no question over here. So let's look back really at what the Mishnah taught us. If you look back at the Mishnah, the Mishnah had said that even though it's not a kosher chalitza, she's still not allowed to marry the brothers. So she's not kosher. Remember we said like everything, you know, each step might accomplish something else. So chalitza on, on a cheresh or chalitza on a katan, what happens is not a valid chalitza, but she's still not allowed to marry any of the other brothers either. It's not like nothing happened. Something did happen. She, she retains a connection over here to, um, to this brother, and she's also to marry everybody else. But the Chum argue, and they say, no, in Chalitza, Kotan Klum, nothing happened at all, and we're still at square one. Katana Shecholza, let's say you have the Yavama who is a Katana. The Yavama herself was, you know, we'll call her 10 years old. Then the Halacha is, interestingly, the mission didn't just say the Chalitza is nothing. It says, it's a puzzle chalitza, and when she gets older, do it again. Remember when we read the mission, we said that's strange. Why are you calling it doing it again? I thought nothing happened initially. So here we go. Amar Vida Marav, Yudah says the name of Rav, to the Rebbe Meir. Our mission is the Rebbe Meir, Damar Ish, Kosovo Parsha. He says the word Ish is written in the Parsha of Chalitza. Memela. What did we learn about Ish? A man. So same way you need it has to be a man, an adult. So too, the Yavama has to be an adult. It says the word ish in the parsha. But it doesn't say woman. If it would have said woman, I would know it has to be a grown woman. But it doesn't say. Why does it say ish? And it doesn't say isha. It must be that in order for it to be a valid chalitza, you need that it's an adult ish. But you don't necessarily need that it's an adult isha. Otherwise, you, do, you would have used the word Isha. says the Gemara, Man Chacham Rebbe Yisi. You know, the opinion of the Chacham is Rebbe Yisi. The Rechiv Roshim Bar Rebbe Havayasvi. Now, how do we know that Rebbe Yaisi is the Chachamim who holds that a minor, kitan, a, a minor 
Yevama can do a valid chalitza. Remember this question. Because we're about to go on a long, fascinating story to bring out this one point. Again, we just said that the Chachamim who hold that Yibam could be done by a katana is really Rabbi How do we know it's really Rabbi So let's go. Says the Gemara, beautiful story. Not so happy, but still fascinating. A lot to learn. Rebchia, the Rebbe Shimon bar Rebbe. Haviyasi. Rebchia, Rebbe Shimon bar Rebbe. We're sitting together. Posachad minayuva Amar. And what do you do when two Yidin are sitting together? We sit and learn tired. One of them opened up his mouth and said, When you daven, you should daven facing the ground. Now what does it mean facing the ground? So it doesn't mean facing the earth per se. It means over here you should be focused on Yerushalayim, you should be focused on Eretz Yisrael, something in this world. Shenemar, as it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Hashem says, My eyes and my heart are there all the days. There's a beautiful story with the Boyana Rebbe. Huh? You good? People say the Boyana, I believe, I heard about the Boyana Rebbe. He went to Switzerland with some of his Hasidim. And on the way, they were passing over the Alps. And all the Hasidim went over to the window. And he was learning in a seat. And they said, um, and they said, uh, you know, Rebbe, come look. Come look at the Swiss Alps. And he's like, yeah, it's, well, it's fine. You know, he, just, he kept learning. He wasn't so interested. He wasn't so interested. And one second. Okay, he wasn't so interested. So he kept learning. They had a few days together with the Hasidim. They were staying in the Alps. You saw their flies so buried then. And then they came back to Eretz And as they landed and the entire bus ride back home, the Rebbe was just staring out the window. He didn't open his safer. He was staring out the window. So they asked him when he got home, like, you know, on the plane to Switzerland, you couldn't close your book. You want to keep learning Torah. And then he go back to the land of Israel. He got back to Arizona. He's just staring out the window for a very long time. Say so, the Rebbe responded. He says, "Listen, the pasuk tells us that the eyes of God, the eyes of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, are always looking at Eretz Yisrael." He says, "If, if Eretz Yisrael is chashuv enough for their bunshem to always keep his eyes on the land of Israel," he says, "Who am I to close my eyes? I got to make sure I I see what their bunshem sees." You know, so it was more. That's what the pasuk letting us know. It says that. Um, my eyes and my heart are there. Eretz Yisrael, all the days. The Chadam or the other opinion is, you got to dive in with your eyes up. Lift up your hearts and your hands. at the So that, that's their conversation. Okay, fine. You, gotta, you don't direct your heart towards Yerushalayim. You direct your heart towards Hashem. Okay, very, very deep. Very, very deep machlaikas. All right. Ad the as this conversation was happening, Rabbi Yishmo came and he sat with them. So again, you have Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shimon by Rabbi talking. And now Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yishmo, comes along. 
And he, that's the name to remember, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yaisi. Because we're trying to figure out Rabbi Yaisi's opinion here. Omar Lohi said, but my sick dude, no, what, what's, the, what's the conversation about? Omar Lohi, we're talking about davening. Omar Lohu, kachamarabo, let me tell you something in the name of my father, the Hilliger of Yaisi. Incredible, you're both right. When you daven, your eyes should be facing towards Yerushalayim, but your heart should be facing upwards. Yeah, your eyes in one place, your heart in another place. Because he was also bothered by your conversation. So to fulfill the Tupsukim, Adahachi, as was happening also, Rabbi Lemisva. So. As this was happening, Rebbe came, Lemesifta. He came to Yeshiva. In who, the Havikalili Yasivi Biduch Tayu, Rebbe Shmol, Berebbe Yasi, Yukre, have a Mephasa, and let me take that one, one thing at a time. In who, those, the Havikalili, who were um, Kal, they were quick. Havikal Kanesher, to be quick, like, a, you know, uh, Quick like an eagle, you know, light like an eagle. So those who were quick, yasivu um, beduchtayu. They they got in place. The Rebbe walks into the base madrash. Everybody finds their seat. Rebbe Shmuel Rebbe Yaisi agav yukre because he was obese, so it took him longer. Having mefasa ba'azil, he was uh, he was taking his time. Okay, Amr le Avdon. So listen to this. Avdon said to him, said to Rebbe Shmuel, the son of Rebbe Yaisi, he was taking his time. This guy Avdon says, Mi am Kaddish. Well, who's this guy walking so slow that he has to like, you know, it takes so, so long to get to the seat, he has to bother everybody else, step over them in order to get to his place. Omar Lei, Shrebi Shmol, Brebyesi heard this. And he said, Ani Yishmol, Brebyesi. You know who it is? It's me. Rebbe Shmol, the son of Brebyesi. Shabbosi Lomo, Terime Rebbe. I came from Terra from Rebbe. What's your problem? What's your problem? Are you fit to learn Torah by Rebbe? Okay. Incredible. Now, what do you mean you fit? See, he took this um, slow gait as an expression of don't tell me what to do as opposed to an expression of one's just physical abilities. Omar Lay, so... Um, Amar Lei, see he says, I'm not fit to learn from Rebbe, but was Maisha fit to learn Tyra from the mouth of God? In other words, you don't need to be fit to come learn Tyra by somebody as so fit necessarily. Amar Lei, are you Maisha Rabbeinu? Amar Lei, she said back to him, are you God? Or is your Rebbe God? Is your Rebbe God? That I'm not worthy? Now again, this happened because of a misunderstanding as to why he was taking his time getting to his seat. Omar Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisif says, Shakle Rebbe Limitarfe. Rebbe got punished for not saying anything. Rebbe, the Rebbe. Okay? Apparently, Rashi says, Rebbe heard this conversation and he didn't step in. And Rebbe was punished to Omar Le Rabcha, the Loi Rebbe. Because um, um, Rabbi Shmuel said, Rabcha, your, your master, Veloy Rabbi, and he didn't say, my master. Okay? Fine. 
So he, we're still in the middle of this story. Adahachi, as this was happening, asked Yavamala come the Rebbe. So now a Yavama comes in front of Rebbe. Now this is how the, the, the story is going to come full circle for us. What are we trying to figure out? If, a, the, if the Yibum of a Yavama who's a Ketana is valid. We said it was the Pidna of Rebbe Yisis. Now we're going to bring this full circle. So there was a Yavama who came into the Yeshiva. Amar le Rebbe Labla and Rebbe said to Abdon, Puk Badka. Go, uh, go check her out. Okay, go see if she is a Gedayla. Go see if she is a Gedayla. The boss are Dinafik. So Abdon, you know, he's a good attendant. He, he found out that she's a Gedayla. Amar le Rebbe Shmol. Rebbe Shmol said, Let me tell you what my father Rebbe Yisis says. You don't need to check if she's a Gedayla, if she's an adult, because even if she's a Gedayla, she could do Chalitza. That's what my father Rebbe Yisis held. Amar le, Rebbe said, Ta, if that's what Rabbi Yaisi holds, you don't need to check. Rabbi Yaisi, the elder, already ruled that it's okay even if she is a Kitano. So you see from here that who's the one who says that a Kitano who's a Yavama can do Yibum? Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi. Beautiful. Now, back to our story. We've just proven that, but we're just going to wrap up the story. Kamefasa Avdan Va'asi. So now Avdon, after Rebbe told him he doesn't need to check it out anymore, and it's okay if she's a katana, he was taking his time getting back to his seat. <laughs> time for payback. Who's this guy walking so slow? Yeah, being a little arrogant over here, stepping over the heads of the people. But a person who's not needed by an Am Kadosh, you were just told you're not needed for your job. He gives it back right back to him. Rebbe now opens up. Rebbe puts an end to this. And he tells Abdon, he says, stay where you are. Stay where you are. Sit down, there's a seat right here. You don't have to walk all the way back to your seat and bother people, like Rebbe Shmuel's pointing out. But you should stay where you are. Tono, we learned in a brisa, ba'isa shah nitztareya abdon. When that happened, abdon got saras. Abdon got saras. What does it mean he got saras? Says Rashi, for lashon hara, for lashon hara. You know what lashon hara is? Lafir Rashi, negative talk. Abdon started this uh, this conversation, so to speak, by viewing Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi negatively. So abdon. Got uh, Abdon received saras. V'tavu shnei bonav nebuch. You hear this? V'tavu v'tavu shnei bonav, and two of his sons drowned. Umanu shnei kalaisav, and he had two daughters-in-law who were ketanim and who were young, and they refused the marriages of his sons. He had a lot of tsaras in his family. Omer of Nachman bar Yitzchak berich rachmona de kafti laAbdon by Alma. Blessed is Hashem who brought the tsar, the pain, to Abdon in this world, and he didn't have to suffer for what he did in the next world. This was this was something that certainly gave him a kapara in uh, in this world. Amar Avami midvarov shal beribi nomid. From the words of beribi, we can infer, we could learn now katana chalitzas utais that a katana could do chalitza. Um, 
with, uh, how do we translate putas in a proper way? It's, it's like this. Let me explain. I can't put it into one word. I can't put it into one word. So let's explain the halacha. There's halacha as follows. And there's a lot to learn from this as well. The Gemara tells us um, there's various levels of maturity that a person can give over an acquisition of something and take an acquisition of, of something. One of the levels of maturity, Rav Palm points this out, a beautiful idea, is called Egoiz v'naitlai. If, if you give him a nut, he'll take it. If you give him a stone, zarkai, he'll throw it away. He could differentiate between what's a toy and what's a food. If you could differentiate between what's a toy and what's a food, you have the ability to be kind of something for yourself, but it doesn't necessarily give you the ability to be maknet for others, to give over to, to others. If Tom says, you know, this is a limud, this is just, this is a tangent of our Gemara, but it's a message in life over here, to know what, what's good to eat and what to throw away. That takes a level of maturity in how we live. If we don't have that level of maturity, we're, we're even younger kintanim. We're even bigger babies. Right? We're, even, we're more minors in halacha. I take things that are stones into my life and spend my day on, on ridiculous stupidities. And things that are important, like we're learning about, those things I throw away. So there, there's an element of maturity that has to be, that also applies to vows and oaths and so on and so forth. So back over here, back into the Gemara. He says, so ketana chalitzas b'pa'utais, that a ketana could do chalitza once she's at the maturity level, this is how we're going to translate putas, at the maturity level where she can interact legally with acquisitional things. Okay? Rava Omar Achatagiya Lainas Nadarim. Okay? She, uh, she's not let, it's even an older age, she can't do chalitza until she reaches um, 11 years old when some of her oaths start taking effect. And the is. Like we said in our Mishnah, she has to bring at least, she has to reach puberty. Okay, let's wrap up the, the daft, another minute or two. Here we go. Cholz of Bishnayim. If you did in front of two judges, we said it should be three. If you did in front of two, it's going to be kosher. Amr of Yosef, Menyumi, Amr of Nachman, Ein Allah, Ka'isayazug. We don't pass it like that. Zug, rather, that, that pair who holds you need two. Rather, you should do chalit, you need to do chalit in front of a bezin of three. Amr of Nachman, Chodazimra of Nachman said, already said this. Amr of Yosef, Menyumi, Amr of Nachman, Chalitza, Bishlaisha. So what's his ad, what's the ad chiddish here? Of Rabbi Yosef Bar what's his novel idea? Says He would have only said the his halacha that you need three. Ideally, you need three. But if let's say you did it with two, it's fine. Therefore, the chiddush is no. We don't pass like that at all. It's not. You cannot do it. It's not even valid. If you do it with two, the Ashmin, and if we would have only said Allah if we would have only said Allah is like that pair who holds it's okay with who holds it's not okay with two, but rather we passed like so I would have said have a mina diyeved avol chamisha. I would have said three is only b'diyeved because there's remember we learned earlier the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda who says you should you should really have five on the bezdin. So I would say three is that. So tricha, therefore I need both Allah has told me that it's three and that's the only way to go. Maisa Shaholtu, the story where they did Chalitza in prison and there were no judges, there were no Dayanim and it was a kosher Chalitza. mi yodana. Says the Gemara, I don't, I don't understand. Um, who, who knows about it? 
In other words, we want there to be knowledge about the chalitza. It's, it's crucial. It's very important that people out there are aware of the chalitza of, of the divorce. So why are we allowing, you know, why are we saying it's like such a simple thing? There were witnesses who saw through a window, but there were no judges. That's the question of information. There was a story where they did chalitza outside, outside of prison. And it came, oh, here was the shaila. Did they do the chalitza outside of prison and they came in front of Rebbe Kiva in, in uh, Beis Asurim, in prison, or did it actually take place in the prison? We're just here to clarify our story. Everything happened inside of prison. Everything happened inside of prison, but we're still sticking to our guns that it was seen by two witnesses outside of prison. We'll hold it here for today. In Bethlehem tomorrow, we will pick up with the top of tomorrow's daft. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.